Praise God. You know, today we have our second part of a six-part series of fireproofing your relationships. Last week, uh, we talked on understanding and working with our differences. This week, we're going to talk about living in peace. Now, uh, we said our goals were to, first of all, we want to uh, have people to uh, begin their relationship with uh, Jesus Christ, meaning that there are some people who are not uh, yet saved, and we want to invite them uh, to our movie night. We're going to have a movie night. Uh, we don't know exactly where, but we're going to have one uh, the week after the, we finish. So it's Friday. I think they call it Good Friday. Friday before uh, our Resurrection Sunday, we will have a movie night. Uh, we will also, our goal is to improve our relationship with Jesus Christ because uh, most of us in here, we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, but we definitely want to improve our relationship. We said we want to also improve our relationship with others, and we wanted to reach out to others in need of these things. There are plenty of people in the world who need uh, to improve their relationship with others, and also to re- improve their relationship with Jesus Christ, and also to give the life of Jesus Christ to begin that, that journey. So these are the goals that we have been talking about. We said when we're talking about fireproofing, we're talking about uh, if we're going to fireproof our relationships, our relationships, we don't want our relationships to be uh, capable of any destruction or any damage. Uh, so fireproofing our relationships is not going to be any fire that the enemy will try to send, any fire dots that he might try to send. We're going to fireproof our relationships against that. And I know that that's what you want. Uh, you don't want your relationship destroyed by the enemy. Last week we talked about, uh, or we gave two points basically. We said that uh, really uh, what we want to do is understand really who we are in Christ. We want to understand that. And we also want to understand uh, really our enemies. Because if we don't understand our enemies, there are people in Christendom who really don't believe in uh, demonic uh, influences, don't believe in demons, don't believe that there is a life after death, all sorts of things. But I'm telling you that we, uh, in this church, we believe that we have enemies. And our enemies not only will be demons, not only will be Satan, but it's also our flesh and also the world system. So we talked about that. We also talked about uh, resisting those enemies, our flesh, resisting the flesh, res- resisting the world system, resisting uh, basically the enemy and his stratagems. We talked about that. We gave two principles last week. And I know you remember those principles. Uh, we said that uh, you have no rights in Christ. You have no rights in, outside of Christ, rather. We have rights in Christ, but not outside of Christ. And sometimes we, our relationships don't go well because we think we have rights. And we want to defend our rights. And if you're in that type of, type of relationship, you have to believe that Christ has given us rights, and those rights are in the Word. Outside of that, you have no rights, none whatsoever. We also gave you a second principle that we need to love others as Christ has loved us. So let's go right into uh, today's message of living in peace. Paul's, Paul's final words to the Corinthians. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 11, it says, Finally, brethren, rejoice and be made complete. And in the King James, it says, perfect. Be confident, be like-minded, live in peace, and the love of God, the God of love and peace will be with you. 
Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, when it says to be perfect or to live in peace, all those words, they are in what we call the present imperative. And what that means is that they are continuous. It's continuous or repeated action. It's not a one-time thing. You have to do it over and over and over again. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's be being filled. It's a continuous thing. It's a repeated thing. It's not a one-time thing. That's the same thing it is here, being, being uh, perfect or being complete. And that's what perfect means, being complete. It's an act of completing. When it says be of comfort, good comfort, it means to aid or to help. And we want to, Paul wanted to assure the Corinthians that Christ really is there for them. Christ really cares. And you need to know that Christ cares about you. Be of one mind means that to be of one thought pattern. Everybody in a relationship, you should be a one thought pattern. To have the same mindset, to be of the same mind. And this involves the will, the affections, and the conscience. Let's look at Romans 12.3. We've talked about Romans 12.1 and 2 a lot. About conforming, uh, being transformed by renewing our mind. But Romans 12.3 says that, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think so as to have a sound judgment as God has allotted to each one the measure of faith. Sometimes in our relationships, what happens is that we think we are better than somebody else. We think we are a little bit uh, we have arrived more than somebody else. And it causes problems in relationships. Because per, a person can, can get the, uh, uh, they, they can feel it. They can, they can sense it. That uh, you don't look at them the same way you look at somebody else. And so, uh, and meaning that, that in, in a right way, that is. So we have to think, we have to think soundly about ourselves. We have to think right about ourselves. We have to think the way God thinks about us and not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think because it's going to cause problems in relationships. And that's what happens. And you'll see some of that as we go on and as we show the video uh, on that uh, Friday night. Live in peace, the word says. Live in peace in Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Live in peace. Living in peace means living in harmony, living in tranquility. Uh, in the Old Testament, the word in the Old Testament is shalom. And so it's the same word, but it's, it's a different in the New Testament, the Greek word. Now, it's, it also means to have uh, concord. It has, means to uh, be opposed to strife. Okay? Be opposed to strife. It's a, actually, it's a gift from God. And so when, when we think about uh, concord, we think about uh, harmony, because that's what God wants us to live in, harmony. Uh, in music... Uh, we have Alex coming to the, to the keyboard a minute. When we have music, we have, you, you don't have to be the same person. You don't have to have the same personality. You don't have to have the same likes, the same dislikes to live in harmony, to live in peace with one another. And if I say, okay, uh, you have a, a, a they, they think they call it a chord. And the chord is made up of what, Alex? Okay. Okay. It's made up of three, Three notes that, that are in harmony with each other. Are those three notes the exact same? No. Completely different. Yes. Completely different notes, but they make one sound. And, and it's pleasing sound, isn't it? Okay? Make, make me a, a sound that's not pleasing of three notes. Okay? That's not too pleasing. That's not too pleasing. Okay? That's three notes, though. 
And they are, they are, but they are, they are operating separate from each other. But when we're talking about peace, when we're talking about concord, when we're talking about harmony, we're talking about togetherness, even though it's different notes now. Even though different notes. Give me something that's, that's, that's better. That's better. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Alex. Had to call on somebody that know what they're doing. One day I'll be able to do that. <laughs> That's what God wants. He wants concord. He wants peace. He wants harmony. He wants a state of agreement. Can we agree even though we're different? Sure we can. If you can't, you might as well not get married. Because you never, have, you never marry someone who is just like you. Who believes the same thing you believe about every single thing. They act like you. They talk like you. They walk like you. They look like you. You never marry somebody like that. I hope you don't. <laughs> Let's go to another area here. John. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace, I leave with you. We say we must live in peace. And Jesus is saying that peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. Not that the world gives, I, do I give you. Do not let, the, let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Now, we need to obey the word of God. And the only way we're going to obey the word of God is to receive the free gift he's given us of peace. And we have to walk by faith in that area. See, because if we don't have peace, usually it's because we don't have faith. You can't have faith without having peace. Because if, if I don't believe what Christ said about things, I'm not going to be at peace about things. If he says in his word, uh, in Philippians uh, chapter 4, to rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice and let your uh, forbearing spirit be known to all men. God's at hand. Be careful nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication. Let your request be known to God with thanksgiving and the peace of God which pass all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. If he says that, and I believe that, then what, is, what am I going to be anxious about? What am I going to be concerned about? What am I going to be worried about? What am I going to stand up, wring my hands about? Do I care about uh, what's going on? I, I, you know, I care, you know, as far as responsibility is concerned, but I don't care as far as things I can't do anything about. I'm not going to be worried about something. I don't care whether it's, it's, it's you know, relationships. I don't care if it's with your children. I don't care if it's finance. I don't care if it's your health. I don't care what it is. If God has said something, then we, if we believe it, if we have faith to, to believe that God says it's true, we can have peace. Without that, you'll never have peace. You'll be concerned about everything. You'll be, you, you, you'll be like a person um, that's, that's wing on a pickle. You know, like a dill pickle. pickle. Is it a dill pickle? Is that sour? A sweet pickle sour. Dill pickle, okay? Uh, I don't like dill pickles. They give it to you on sandwiches, but I, I don't like it. Uh, I like sweet things. I can't stand bitter things, you know? And so some people's faces look like they've been sucking on a, pillow, a pickle when they come into the sanctuary. I mean, have you seen relationships of people, they always, they, they never smile, you know? And then after a while, their face forms wrinkles, and it, and it looks like a, 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 a face with, a, with an upside-down smiley face. I'm serious. God doesn't want us to be that way. He wants us to have a smile on our face because we have something. We have good news. Good news, you know? And I think if, if, if you did, if, if you do that enough, Joshua, you probably are going to look good. Yeah, I'll see you. You're going to look good like that, boy. You turn loose, though. Don't let it drop now. Don't let it drop. 
Peace is, is, is a tranquil state of the soul, assured of the salvation of Christ. I can have peace because I've given my life to Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, I don't have to be concerned about uh, what's going to happen during Judgment Day. Because that's what the Scripture is there for when it says, you know, tell us that um, uh, perfect love casts out fear and all this kind of things like that. It's talking about Judgment Day. And so, why should we be concerned about Judgment Day when you have the peace of God? If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you shall have peace for that day, that Judgment Day. The wrath of God is not going to come upon you because you have given your life to Jesus Christ and, and our life is here with Christ and God. But we also have to be uh, really content with our earthly lot. It's also peace. I cannot be in peace if I'm always comparing myself to, to, to ourselves. If I'm comparing myself to other Pastors, if I'm you know, comparing myself to other husbands, if I'm, if I'm comparing myself to other fathers, then I'm not going to have much peace. Because there's going to always be people who are, going to, who are going to be better at something than I am. There's always going to be people that's worse than I am. There's always going to be people similar to me. And so you can think of either one of the three things. If they're the same as you, you can think you're okay. At ease in Zion. And that's a bad state. Or you can think that you're better than somebody. That's a, that's a pretty bad state. You know? Or you can think, oh, oh man, woe is me, you know? I'm not, I don't, I can't speak like this person. I don't look like this person, you know? You know, I don't have, you know? And you, you always say it. That's not peace. See, peace is, uh, really, you are content with your earthly lot. Don't try to be somebody else. You know? You married who you married, you have kids who they are, they are who they are. And so you have to make the best of the situation. And God can do that. He can do it. Now that doesn't mean that you are not striving to be the best that you can be, to be just like Christ. That's not contentment. Contentment is really where I am today, that's where God has me. And I'm I'm pushing, I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. That's what Paul said. Now that I have arrived. But I'm pressing towards that call. And that's what we all should be doing. Pressing towards the call. And if we stay the same, then we stay the same. It's because of God. It's not because we're not pressing. It's not because we're not, uh, uh, you know, yielding to the Holy Spirit's sanctification process. That's what we have to do. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles in the flesh who are call uncircumcision and by the so-called circumcision which is performed in the flesh by human hands remember that you were at that time separate from Christ excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world that's the the way we all were when we were born but now in Christ Jesus You who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. And do you understand? The word is saying that Jesus Christ is our peace. How can he be our peace? Because he's the one who was born. He's the one who lived a perfect life. He's the one who died as a sacrifice for our sins. 
He's the one that rose again. And he has a name that's above all names. And in the name of Jesus, every knee going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord one day. So he is our peace. There's no peace without Jesus Christ. And if you think you can have peace without Jesus Christ, you're deceived. You can have a, a freedom from strife and, and, and confusion periodically, but it won't be peace. See, peace is in the midst of the storm, you see. In the midst of your circumstances, when everything is going wrong, you have peace. That's the peace that God is talking about. He's not talking about when everything is going hunky-dory, you know. Anybody can, anybody can be happy during that time. But we, our life's supposed to be a, 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 a living testimony of the goodness and grace of God. We're supposed to really glorify his name. And we sing the song, glorify his name. And, and, and God deserves all the glory, all the honor. And the only way you're going to do that. You know, you know, when I think about that, I think that, that people should see the glory of God when they look at you and your relationships. They should see the glory of God. They should actually see the glory of God by what you say with their ears. They can see with their ears the glory of God. All my five senses in the natural, I should have those same five senses operative in the spirit realm. In other words, I want to, when I'm around uh, someone who's glorifying God in their relationships, I should, I should really... Uh, Taste and see that the Lord is good because of just watching you in your relationships. I should just smell the sweet fragrance of the, of the beauty of Christ when I see the relationships that you have with, with those who you're in relationship with. I should feel the anointing when I'm around you in your relationships with others. You see? So I should see, I should hear, I should smell, I should taste the goodness of God, the glory of God when in our relationships. That's what our goal is around uh, our workplace, in our homes, particularly in our homes, with our children, with our mates, with our friends, with our sisters, brothers. It should be such that we should glorify God. You know, some people, they, they, are, they, they treat other people better than they treat the people who love the most. You know, you can, you can hear them answer the phone a lot of times. They, 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 they sound so good. So, man, you say, my goodness gracious, they have such a sweet, you know, uh, voice. But if you see them in the house and hear them in the house, among their brothers and sisters, it's not that way. Do you know what I'm talking about? If, you know, with their mate, it's not that way. And work is not that way. It's just a, uh, you know, a put on. God doesn't want that. He wanted to be from the heart. The God of love and peace, he will be with us as we live in peace. He'll do that. The fruit of the Spirit has peace in it, doesn't it? It says that in Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. What's that other one? Peace. Oh, come on. Peace. 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 Jesus is the Prince of Peace, isn't he? Isaiah 9, 6, what does it say? 
Does it say that he's a prince of peace or does it not? He's a prince of peace. And that prince of peace, our life is hid with the prince of peace in God. So how can we not be in peace? How can we be in strife and, and, uh, and confusion and, and aggressiveness uh, with our talk and with our actions, you know, when we have the Prince of Peace as our Lord and Savior and our life is hid with Him in God? We should always be at peace. And you can be at peace even though things irritate you, even though things frustrate you, even though, you know, you, you had your, you know, Get your wits in. I mean, you're just tired and tired and tired of the same thing going on. You can still be at peace. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. It's like be an empire. It's like a, a, a game. And you have officials and they blow the whistle. And they, 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 their job is to keep the peace. It says let the peace of God rule in your heart. So the peace of God is supposed to be like empire of our emotions, our will, our mind. I want to show you a, a, a video clip. That it's a little bit interesting that they're not following the directions of the Word of God. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But um, let's look at it and see can you tell anything that's a little bit different in the video clip. already? Yes. What'd you eat? I had the last bagel and a yogurt. Are you planning on making a grocery trip soon? Caleb, you work 24 hours and then you're off for 48. You've got more time to go than I do. Hey, I just asked you a simple question. You don't need to get smart with me. You could at least save me some breakfast. Well, I never know when you're coming home or going out. You don't tell me these things. Catherine, what is your problem? Did I offend you by walking in the door this morning? No, you just can't expect me to work every day and still get the groceries while you sit at home looking at trash on the internet and dreaming about getting your boat. You chose to take this job, and no one said you had to work full time. We need the income, especially since you took away a third of your salary saving for a boat we don't need. You've got $24,000 in savings, but we have things in our house that need fixing. Like what? The back door needs to be painted, the yard needs better landscaping, and I keep telling you I want to put more shelves in the closet. Those are called preferences, Catherine. Those are not needs. There's a difference. If you want to spend your money on that stuff, go ahead, fine. But I've been saving up for my boat for years. You're not taking that from me. This is so pointless. I don't have time for this. Yeah, shut the door on your way out. Okay, let's stop right there. Does it sound like 
peace to you? You know, he came in the house, and uh, it was like they were already mad at each other. There's nobody, hello, sweetheart, how you doing? Oh, sweetheart, I miss you so much, you know. And they're hugging, embracing, you know, nothing, nothing. It was like a, a time bomb that's just ready to go off, you know. Yeah. It's interesting, you know. Just the words that people say. It, do, you know how, do you know households like that? You don't? Okay. <laughs> there are households like that. It really is. How can we fireproof our relationships and we don't fall in the same type of uh, situation where there's, there's tension in the household? From the time you walk in, there's tension. Something is wrong. You don't know what's wrong, but something is wrong. You know? Now here's a man that, uh, he's a fireman. He has, uh, I guess fireman works 24 hours and then they're all 48 hours, so she said. So, uh, he has two days off. And she works every day. And it's her job, her, her finances, they, they, they had, I think they split their income. In other words, her income pays for certain things and his income pays for certain things. Uh, and I don't recommend that. Uh, people do that, but I don't recommend it. And about it, I meant to, I said, don't, don't do that, because you're one. All money comes into one pot, that's it, you know? Because you get into that, that's my money, you know? I do what I want to do with my money. You don't have any money, you know? It's all God's money. And you're, you're one, so you need to put it together. And then, then decide on what you're going to do with it. And so she can tap into his, he can, he can tap into hers, it doesn't matter, you're one. One does have to be, it has to be in every relationship, in every, every phase of a relationship. You can't be one by word only and say, well, uh, the two of you, two flesh should become one flesh. You know, no, 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 no. Not in just physically. It must be financially. It must be emotionally. It must be every single way that it is. It's oneness. What's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And that's what Jesus said about the Father and Him. How can we fireproof our relationships? Well, we gave you, of course, the first two principles. The third principle I want to give you today. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. It's not a thing that, that well, God has given us peace, which he has. Therefore, I have peace. No, you have access to peace. But you don't have peace unless you tap into what causes that, 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 that come about in your, your own life. You have to do what God says to do in his word. Then you can tap into that peace which God has given us. You have to seek it. You have to pursue it. You have to pursue it just like if, if you were, um, I see, I've seen, uh, uh, in, in athletics, you have somebody break away for, through the line of scrimmage, they're going for a touchdown, and then in the defense, Here's a secondary person. He's chasing him. He's pursuing him, pursuing him, and trying to catch him before he gets, gets to the goal line. That's pursuit. And his, his aim is to catch up with him. That's our aim, is to catch up with peace. We want to, we want to seek peace, and then we, once we see it, I see that peace. That's the peace I want in my marriage. That's the peace I want in my family. That's the peace I want in my finances. That's the peace I want in my, my job situation. That's the peace I want in every relationship I have. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to chase it down until I get it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And it's not, it's not an easy thing because it goes against the flesh. If he were, if he were to pursue peace, 
What would he have done if he was going to try to pursue peace? When he'd come in, come in the house, he, suppose a wife would be mad because sometimes, sometimes, I think you all know that. Sometimes, uh, 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 females, they just, uh, sometimes they're emotional about whatever and it's just, they're just not happy this, this particular time. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not because you've done anything, it's just because they might not, they might not feel good. They might, it's, they, they go through a lot of emotional things sometimes, and especially depending upon the age and all those type of things. A lot of things can be happening in their lives and they might not feel well. And we as men, we're going to have to try to pursue peace in that situation. Um, and, and he might have come in and said, hello, sweetheart. She said, uh, what are you speaking for? You haven't been speaking. Now, you know, do you think that's possible? Yeah, I mean, you've heard it before, you know, from somebody, not, not your household, but you've heard it before. And, and so, now, now, automatically our flesh tells us, oh boy, I'm going to have to protect myself because she is attacking my manhood. So therefore, I'm going to say something back to, back to her. And now you edit, okay? And that's the wrong thing to do. Somebody has to pursue peace, you see? And he could have pursued peace. In that situation, he could have pursued it. He could have said, sweetheart, you know, uh, have you eaten breakfast? Yes, I, she said, I ate the last beggar. <laughs> you know, she didn't have to say the last beggar. She, she made it, she ate the last beggar, you know? You know? So he said, oh, well, that's okay. I don't like beggars anyway. But in a, <laughs> you know, uh, is there something I can do? Would you like me to go shopping today, sweetheart? And, and, and I know that your, your money usually take care of it, but, you know, I know you're doing other things with your money. I want to bless you today. I'm going to take care of my finances. Instead of putting money in my boat today, you know, this month, I'm going to take it. I'm going to buy groceries this month. You, you make out a list for me, I'll go for you. What do you think that would have done for? It could have done something nice, could it? Could have done something nice, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to just tell you. So you, so you won't be expecting great things. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I don't want you to go for me, you know. Why you want to go for me? You want something, don't you? <laughs> oh, no. When, when we get into this book, uh, we have, uh, uh, we got some from Walmart for, for, I think it was, how much it cost about eight something? Eight, eight, four. And uh, unless you got eight, eight, four on you. Or it might be good to be nine dollars and get nine dollars. Just give nine dollars and, and just you know bless the church with the, uh, the cents, you know. And if you don't have change for for nine, you know change, you know change for the ten, just give them ten and and you know we'll put the rest of it in, in the offering, you know, because uh, nobody gonna gain any money from it. Uh, we ordered the other books from uh, Amazon.com and they were ordered last week and they'll be in Monday, and so th- they cost uh, something. I don't. Know, I think they cost nine. Something also eat something. So, uh, Barry, stand up, Barry, so, so people can see you. He has twelve books, and so you can you can pay Barry if you write a check right out to Cornerstone Community Church because uh, uh, we you know we're, everything goes through the church basically, and he's gonna get reimbursed for what he paid for it at Walmart, and then uh, you pay him. We will put in an offering and things like that. But when you get in this book. You're going to get some love dares, and they're going to say, okay, I dare you to do this, you know. This is what your love dares today. I want you to uh, do something very special for your wife. When you do it, or vice versa, I want you to do something very special for your husband. They might not even notice it. They might not even notice it. You might want to do something very special, you know. You might want to, you know, clean the house up, you know. And, 
that shouldn't be very special, but just in case, you know, it's very special. Because, see, sometimes husband, you know, if wives work, don't you know, men, I'm sorry, if, if wives work, don't you know that they don't feel like going to work eight hours or more, coming home, cooking and cleaning, washing dishes. Don't you know that's, that's, that's a chore? And so, therefore, uh, uh, if they supposed to say, I know what I'm going to do for him today because he, he, he complains about the, about the house not being straight. I'm going to clean this house up. I'm going to make it look really good. The husband come in, flops down, uh, wants his dinner, and don't say anything about the house. Nothing. Now, that can rub a woman the wrong way. You know, it really could. Uh, so just because you do one of these things, two or three of them, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, and, and you don't get any, any, uh, you know, pats on the back, you know, and, oh, sweetheart, you're so sweet, you know. Oh, man, I tell you, I, I knew I married, married uh, you know, a valent knight when I married you, you know. If you don't get that, that's okay, okay, because that's not your goal. Your goal is not to get perks, you know, really. From your wife or from your mate. Your, your, your goal is to be obedient to the word of God. You know, because the word of God says you should love your wife just like Christ loves the church. And we know that, we know that, that Christ loves us when we are so, um, uh, anti what his word says. And so that he still loves us. He still blesses us. Then why can't we do the same thing? Okay, and for the wives, uh, you know, the, the word of God tells us to do things, tell you to do things about about uh, how to treat your husband, how to respect him, and different things like that. And you're not supposed to be doing it just for our service, the men pleases. You're supposed to be doing it uh, to please the Lord. So whether your husband responds, whether he doesn't, and especially wives, uh, really, uh, most women, their, their main thing would be that he doesn't deserve it. Well, nobody deserves it, honestly. Really, no one deserves it. We don't deserve uh, the treatment we get from Christ. We really don't deserve it. But he does it anyway because he loves us. He's love. God is love. So therefore, then don't do it just because somebody deserves it. Do it because, you know, God says so because he deserves it. So we can all do the scripture basically in developing relationships. So that's the principle is seek and pursue Peace, that's principle number one. Number three, what's number one? You have no rights outside of Christ. Number two, love others just like Christ has loved you. Number three, seek peace and pursue it. Okay, let's go over it again. What's number one? You have no rights outside of Christ. Number two, love others just like Christ has loved you. Number three, seek peace. And pursue peace. Now next week, uh, what we're going to do is start giving you, I, got, I have a principle number four here, but I don't want to get go to it today. But wh- what I want to do is to give you some examples, and we're going get, to get, get deep into some things here, because I want to cover, I want to cover uh, marital relationships uh, in about one or two messages, because I think our singles deserve to know what a, what a good marriage is is like. Okay, uh, don't you want to know that singles? You want to know the, the responsibility of a male, and males you want to know the responsibility of a female. You want to know what you're supposed to do uh, if they don't if they don't complete their responsibilities. So we want to do that, but we also want to cover those things that hinder relationships. 
There are things that, that will sabotage your relationship. I mean, it will flat out sabotage it. And, and, if, you, if, you, and if you don't uh, you know, overcome these things, it can end up destroying your relationships, particularly your marriage. And you can be single, and you can be in a process right now of destroying your relationships that you will have when you get married. And we're going to go over those things that, that, that not, not a lot of them, but some of them that are just heavy-duty things, okay? And we'll also cover uh, basically, uh, you know, how to really go to the cross on things. Those are the things we want to cover. But today I want to end the message, basically, uh, because uh, I want to uh, give you an opportunity to respond to the message. I also want to give you an opportunity to have a uh, good time at the, at the little uh, fellowship time we have. And let's stand so we can uh, close in prayer.